Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Before we really get started, uh, we want to welcome, of course, our loyal listeners. Hits 101, which is now a part of the Spears and Steinberg team. Uh, so to all you new listeners and hopefully loyalists, uh, welcome. Yeah, and make sure you Hits 101 people are checking out our, uh, our the, the podcast itself. You can go find us on any of the streaming platforms. Google, Amazon, Apple, Anchor. Uh, Spotify, all that shit. Make sure you hit subscribe because as our content continues, we're going to have uh, content that won't be available on Hits 101 because we're going to be doing that on Thursdays or Fridays. Exactly. So, uh, And also, uh, always hit us up through email, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Uh, anytime you want to drop some knowledge or talk some shit, uh, to have it read on the podcast. Yeah, I'm andycomedy.com, uh, and you can find all my social media on my podcast, on my uh, webpage, and you can also get me at funnyhappens at gmail.com. Okay, now that we got the foreplay out the way, let's fuck. Hey, 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 hey. We're in Baltimore. Actually, we're still in Tacoma, but... Yes, but when you hear this, we'll be in B-more. We'll B-more, home of the lemon meringue rat cake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, can I get that slice with the rat tracks on it? Let yeah, me yeah. Let me get the, uh, the, 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 ro- the rodent. Let me get the rodent pie, nigga. Dude, everybody's going to be so mad because they, they're going to say that they got it all cleaned up. I don't give a fuck. Not for me. Once I see rat run across cake, I'm done. Do you still do you still need milk with that cake? <laughs> when I see the rat, <laughs> shit, no, nah, nigga, I need uh something strong, motherfucker. Uh, okay, um, so you know, had it not been for the, well, even if the experience was good, uh, a la the Tyson thing, I was gonna talk about it either way. Uh, we had originally planned to talk about the Patrice O'Neill doc, but, and I thought we would have time to talk about both, but. Tyson ate up the whole hour. Eight, I shouldn't say it. Eight with Tyson. Uh, um, 
it, it, it chewed up the whole hour. Uh, so let's get back to what we, we, we were excited about. Let me ask you one question, yes. though, about the Tyson thing. Yes. I know we spent an hour on it already, but right. I, I want to just ask you, if, if Tyson called you up right now, and he said, I, I wish I could do a Tyson, but I can't do a little voice this, like that. All you got to do is this, put it this, like your tongue is trying to bust through your front teeth. teeth. But uh, Eric, I know you're, I know you're, you're, you're mad at me, but I, 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fuck you till you love me. <laughs> oh, listen, that was one of the things. And see, that was one of the jokes I wanted to make. I wanted to ask Mike, Mike, remember when you went on that tirade during the Les, Len, Lennox Lewis press conference and you said... I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I, I, I'll fuck you. I'll fuck you right here in front of everybody. I, I wanted to jokingly go, Mike. I'm telling you right now. If you would have told me that, I would have told you I loved you immediately. If it meant stopping the fucking process, nigga, I would have laid in your arms and nibbled on your ear and told you I loved you. And I wanted to say that, and part that's part of the reason why I wanted to have the dinner, to feel Mike out to see if I could make that joke, if I could take him back to when he said some shit like that. He might not have wanted me to do that. Right, that's why you would have to do it. I just, uh, that to me. Yeah, dude, I could, yeah, I could see that, though. That's what the dude should have yelled at. I love you too, Mike, and then ran yeah, out of the room. Yeah, man, yeah, okay. Pat Rice O'Neill, the fucking documentary entitled Killing is easy. And that title, I got to say, threw me off because I thought part of why they named it that was he was going to make the point about not killing and bombing and going through that as a growth experience. But they kind of did because when they talked about it, they said that there, there was the part where he said, Patrice said, once you learn how to kill, you can always kill. Right. That's the easy part. Right. Learning how to work through uh, making yourself that honest person, the, the the where your jokes come from a better place when you are mm. when you're when you're moving the conversation in comedy. Right, that's the part that's hard. So I thought they I thought they kind of addressed that. That's what the killing is easy meant was that you know once you get to that level, like you can kill, but that's not what is that's not the most important part of this. What did you think about it overall? Um. I, I enjoyed watching people that came up with Patrice talk about Patrice. Right. But it, it was it was it was a it was a recap and uh, of Patrice. Uh, I don't even want to say it. it wasn't a great recap because I was disappointed that they didn't talk about when he went to London and when he had that experience for yeah, a year because he said that uh, from what i've read about him he said that was a very that was a, a crucial turning point in his career as well that he saw things differently from another country saw this country um i thought um it was about the people that were talking about patrice and how they felt about patrice and i and i liked that some people uh, the the most honest person in that room even though um uh, some other people made references Donnell to Donnell Rawlings? None, well, Donnell Rawlings and Bill Burr. Donnell Rawlings did it in a jokey way. So did uh, Kelly, kind of a joking way. But Bill Burr, when he said, there's a lot of people who, who were, were just happy he's dead anyway. I mean, he said it with the right. without trying to make it for, like, this is the facts. You know, this is, and, and, you know, he brought up some of the stuff like coming, coming to the, like, I would have five jokes for every one of you because I knew that, we're you know, basically we're going to get beat up. Um, right. I thought Bill's was the most honest in that roundtable when he was talking about it um, towards how people felt 
about Patrice. Right. But Donnell was right on point when he said it too. And I mean, but I, when Donnell went, he was an asshole. Yeah. Point blank. blank. He was a funny asshole, so, but he was an asshole. He was a lovable asshole. He was yeah, you got you got uh he gave you a better sense of uh how people necessarily who weren't his close to him <coughs> got to see him. Right. Uh, I really I really enjoyed the special, but I, I thought there was a lot missing. Uh, there's a few things in there that I think are mischaracterized. Um, you want you want those? Yeah. Right now? Or you want to talk about do you want to go? Well for don't the- don't miss don't forget that. Mischaracterized. Yeah. Um I was disappointed. Because I felt like you, there was nothing I hadn't already known. And I thought that this was going to dig deep and give us more. Before I jump on that, let me say, it feels like there's this thing that when you die, all of a sudden now, you become Bigfoot. You become legend. Yeah. Where it's like, where is this legend and this? That's why I love this thing that these... That the young generation, I'll give them that, that the, that the young generation does now where they go, y'all, I'm going to give you your flowers now. Like, praise a motherfucker when they alive. It seems like when you die, there becomes this, 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 this bigger than life thing about you where they, where they sometimes exaggerate. And let me, let me say what I mean. I wish they would get off that horse shit, this thing where they go, man, Patrice never wrote anything down. He was like Biggie and Jay-Z. Like, he just was so... And, you know, I'm listen, I'm a Patrice dude. How many times have I said school of Patrice and quoted shit and, that he said and done? So, I, you know I love the shit out of Patrice. But stop it. Stop making it seem like this nigga was just so incredible. He just went on stage and did whole bits off the top of his dome that were incredible. Granted, now that's very different from improv. Any any great comedian, great comedians can have the ability to go on stage and go off the cuff on some improv shit fucking with the crowd and do crowd work that is spontaneous, that is incredible. And that, like I've always said, is its own unique gift because every comic can't do that. There are some comics who freeze like deers in headlights when they have to do crowd work or have to go away from their script or their playbook. They simply cannot, in football terms, leave the pocket. They got to stay in that fucking pocket. If they leave that pocket, they're doomed. Some niggas like Patrice can do a Michael Vick and run out the pocket for the touchdown. That's very different from bits like, 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 motherfuckers act like from the moment he touched the stage, from the first thing he said to the last thing he said, this nigga just came up with a perfect bit off the cuff. No, they even show where he had a list of shit with titles. And if you watch enough Patrice O'Neill footage, one in particular of him at the comedy store where he's, he's, he's doing like a, an hour and a half. And then you look at certain interviews and certain other places where he's performed that look like it was shot on home video. You could see the progression of the bit. You could see him working it out. So by the time it got to Elephant in the Room, by the time it got to the HBO half hour special, it was complete. It was perfection. Is it pen to paper? No. But it's still in your mind 
pen to paper. But I think that that's what they were trying to say, that he he worked bits. He didn't write because others. No, but they, they made it sound like this nigga was incredible. Like he just got on stage and just went, here's a new bit off the top of the dome that's perfect. Now, you know, they said the same thing about, uh, again, here's with my names. Who was the uh, white dude who came from the preacher's family that, that died in a car accident after he got married? Um, okay. Um, Sam Kinison? Yeah, Sam. They said he never wrote anything down either. Uh, everybody... You don't have to write down. Yeah, but no one's writing. You don't have to write that down. <laughs> you got to get the order right. Oh, okay. All oh, right. Yelling order. <laughs> but uh, every, there's comedians that work, and I think this is where the difference is in what they're talking about. There's comedians like Seinfeld that writes every word out and, and right. eliminates words. And, and, you know, Seinfeld talks about getting to the. The art of it is to uh, say the most with the least amount of words and removing words. Mm. That's not what Project Trees did. That's not what uh, what they're talking about with like Kennison. They went on stage and they beat it up the room until they until they honed that joke. Right, and that's a there. That's a difference. I, I I and maybe when they say that they mean it as we would talk to each other. Oh man, you know I don't I don't write because I don't write. I don't write. I, I don't either. Yeah, I, I write down the idea, the bullet, or I, yeah. I might write down bullet points. Yes, yeah. like if I think of something and I go, "Oh, that's funny." A word, a phrase, what what could be an article, a, a, right? A punchline within many punchlines. I'll do that, but the, what what forms it, what goes around it, that I'll work out on stage or try to. But I think that's the, that's what they're saying. I think you know, but. They're sending that out to the general public, and I think the public thinks about it as, oh, he just gets up on and right. reforms it. I think it's understood what that means. Right. Because, uh, I, I mean, I don't take it that he just – obviously, he can't do that because uh, all jokes in their, infancy aren't, uh, in their infancy aren't together yet. You have to put them together. Right. And sometimes two jokes come together to make a joke. Right. Um, so I, I think that's what it is. I don't and then know. when you watch the process, there's always – when you watch the process and then when you see the finished product and you go, oh, he pulled that word out or before he said this, but now he said that. And that makes all the difference in the world in terms of where it was kind of funny on its way to being funny versus here it is funny perfected. Right. So, you know, what you said, what go back to the thing you said about characterization or something you were going to say? Um, I'm going to forget her name right now, and I want to make sure that I have her name. Um, Jesus. She's a comedian? She's a comedian. She's a director. She's married to a comedian. McFarlane, McFarley, Barbara, Bobby. You, you talk about uh, what you call his wife, Rich Voss's wife. Yeah. Bonnie. Bonnie McFarlane. Yeah. I believe it's her that said it. She said that he was on stage, and his joke was forcing white people to admit that they're racist. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the joke uh, uh, Holloway. Natalie Holloway, yeah. That isn't what the joke did. Yeah, it did, but that's not... It showed the condition that we live in worldwide of how we... Uh, how we... How we um, rate... I, the word isn't rate, but the way that we level out... Uh, what is important, whether and white is on the top and black is on the bottom. Right. Because if you go back and you watch what really happened, it was a black girl that yelled out Natalie Holloway. Right. So it wasn't that 
white people were going, oh, Natalie Holloway, Natalie Holloway, Natalie. No, it's a condition. It's a worldwide condition where that white life, and he made the point, the white life was worth more that they would look for that white woman longer. Because you remembered Natalie Holloway, Holloway. you couldn't remember the other girl and that was, who was of color. And that was everybody in the room. It right. wasn't just white. Because, and the reason I say it's a mischaracterization is Patrice wasn't just about black and white. He was about, look at the world. This is what made Patrice the genius to me. Right. He wasn't trying to go, white's this, black's that, this. He's like, this is the world. Look at it for what it is. Because here's how I see it. Okay, so let me ask you this, because when she goes, he made white people realize they're racist. So well, he made, he made them say that they're racist. He didn't tell them, he didn't make them realize they're racist. He, he made them say that they were racist. Okay, he, but he, whether you make them say it or realize it, it's the mirror. It's, yeah. it's putting you, the, you in front of the mirror. Yeah. Paul Mooney been doing that his whole career. His What's whole, the difference? Well, okay, but here's the difference. Paul Mooney is actually saying, you're racist. Patrice is saying this is a racist world. This system is a racist system. It 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 puts people above others. This has this is beyond that. Patrice really had a feeling for the existence, the hu- humanity and its existence, and and the flaws in our humanity. He didn't need to show white people that they were racist. He showed everybody how everything is set up and how and how we function in this. In, in, in this system. And this system is, is, and when I say worldwide, I mean worldwide. Because when he's talking about what happened, that happened in Europe and it happened in uh, where the other girl, and I still don't remember the other girl's name. I don't either. Uh, where, and, and, the, the Peruvian the, bitch. The, the, and that happened in Peru. So this is <laughs> right. worldwide. Patrice took us to a place where, and, and I do agree with what she said, it's not about him saying we're racist it's about us figuring it out in ourselves but she limited what he did and that's what made me disappointed Mm. in it because as a comedian i would hope that you see it wasn't about making white people realize something it's about making the world realize it it's about how we all see each other and even how what that does culturally it makes other people who aren't white feel less than because they're already in that same mode too we have put, right. we we have broken ourselves down where uh, that that we put something above something else, and he he pointed that out in this this amazing way, the same way he does the thing about holes and women. Right. He's he's pointing he he's drawing the picture. You're you're viewing the painting that he puts together, and he's not he's not deviating that payment painting from what is actually happening. He isn't. It's not his opinion. It's obvious. When he puts it together, he right. points out what is so obvious that we're refusing to see. And, and she limited it by making it – and it, that's a white guilt thing to say, oh, look, he made – white people realize that they were racist. White people already know they're racist. That's not what he made them do. He made them see it. But he also made everybody else see that they're working in this same racist system. Right. Um Again, I and listen. If you if you if you are or an avid fanatic of Patrice, then you've all, you already know certain things. To someone who I guess barely knew him or was a casual fan, this documentary might have been mind blowing to you. But I was like, dude, again, why not tell the story about how he got the fake rape beef and had to go to jail in Boston behind that shit? 
Why not tell the story, the funny story that he, that he talks about? Hey, it's cold out here. When he talks about oh, yeah, stopping yeah. at a truck stop to get some rest because he was about to die because he was so tired from driving, he had to pull over and a white dude knocked on his window and said, hey, it's cold out here and tried to pull on his door handle, which ultimately made Patrice realize this white dude was trying to suck some black dick as he before he went home to his family with a Christmas tree on top of his Subaru. Subaru. To go back home to his family. Yeah. You know, d- d- all the endless, endless clips on Opie and Anthony of, of Patrice destroying women and their bullshit theories on certain things and, and checking them. Play that shit. Um, they also- it was mainly baby pitches and, and fucking praise. But we also, this, this is one thing that they did that, wasn't, that I hadn't seen before. They, they introduced us to his girl. And to his, and okay. but that is necessary. It's necessary because it was part of who he was, and 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 his mom. You got to see his mom firsthand. I mean, there was they, they humanized him in that aspect, and we saw you you know you saw who Patrice was and how she cared about him. What that there was something there that added to who Patrice is. Uh, his mom adds to who Patrice is. I I get that, but I understand what you mean too. I would have liked to seen at least another half hour of information on on the stuff that we didn't always get and the stuff that the, the people that knew him had the and, I, and maybe he doesn't maybe nobody wants to tell these stories but to give us that insider information but we also come from a different place like you just said we know all this stuff that was that was introduced to us right so we were looking for that next that little deeper cut and it wasn't there in this um but i do appreciate meeting his wife his, his mom and, and his right. girl when they showed, uh, and j- this this is just a lesson to you, uh, because even on Opie and Anthony, they talked about how gorgeous his girl was. And I think somewhere even in the documentary, they said, someone said, or Patrice alluded to himself as saying, he wasn't sexy. He wasn't a great looking guy. Oh, no, he says it. Yeah, he yeah, says it in that joke. He's, in that he's joke. fat. He's, he wasn't sexy. He wasn't a good looking dude. He even said, me naked is a mess. Yeah. I would never understand why my girl would want to fuck me. He was mad at her for it. Right. Why would you fuck? Yeah. Right, yeah. The power of comedy, nigga, is not to be di- fucking slept on. When you are funny, that can be the key to a bitch's pussy ignition. Funny goes a long way. But what I liked about that joke where he shout out to all the fat, ugly niggas out there. <laughs> you got a shot, baby. Just get your jokes together, motherfucker. Big Biggie didn't seem to have problems. Oh, Biggie, baby. Uh, what I really liked about it, though, and because we discussed this a lot, that because uh, I'm a little, I'm self-deprecating in a lot of ways, right? And you said black dudes don't do that, right? And then Patrice has the joke that's self-deprecating, but he didn't do it in the first person self-deprecation. I'm mad at my girl because she fucks me. That's right. self-deprecating, but it's on her. It's not right. on him. I'm right. who I am. I right. can't change this. Well, and to my point, always confidence sells. Yeah. And Patrice was a confident motherfucker. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to go back to? Uh, the dot that his adopted, it, did he adopt her or did he just, it was his kinda, stepdaughter? Uh, it was his stepdaughter. He adopted her. Whatever. She, she's not also formally, but she, that was also crucial to let you know who he was. Like he didn't want kids, but he loved kids. Right. Even though, you know, he loved, he loved her anyway. Right. You saw he, that he had this heart as well. Uh, and, and I loved that they put, they put that part in with Colin Quinn uh like the intervention yeah i was that's thank you that brought me back to my point 
Um, damn, man. It, it's, I remember you asked me something about, because everybody would say he was on his way. At the elephant in the room, you could feel it turning. And then, you know, he died nine months after elephant in the room. Do you think it really was going to turn? Because Patrice was like, after I did this, I, motherfuckers would call me and I would say to them, yo, I can't talk to you right now. You, you Hollywood about to call. If I'm talking to you on the line, I'll miss Hollywood's call. But nine months and when you do something in show business that clicks or when motherfuckers want you, it don't take nine months. It's immediate. But we don't know what transpired in between dropping. I would think they would have mentioned it on a special. Yo, he was in deals to do a movie. Yo, he was in contract. He was talking, negotiating for a show. They would have said that. Well, maybe because he he did. Uh, what he it was a stroke, right? Yes. Maybe that came up. Maybe wasn't already feeling good. That oh, there was talks, but it never got any further than that because of his health. And so maybe there wasn't a lot to mention there. Maybe it's a bunch of what ifs, and you're not going to mention a bunch of what ifs on the on the special. That was the whole special was what if. What if he wasn't an asshole? What if he didn't die? It wasn't what if he was an asshole. He was an asshole. And I think the special really was he was an asshole. And this is the situation he got. And by the time he figured it out, it was too late. Dude, I, I, I and, and, and obviously, you know, look, I've had this. We've had this discussion a million times. Uh, Hollywood is a fucked up game. Um, and let me go to Tyson a little bit. We all know Tyson was taken advantage of, but we also know Mike did a lot of things to fuck himself up, too. It's your bed. You got to lie in it. I don't understand why Patrice felt the need to talk to the girl who who's supposed to greet you when you come to the set and go, hey, and she's chipper. And did you get your call sheet? And this is what we're going to do. Have you been to makeup? Have you been to wardrobe? That's part of it. And I, and I said to you yesterday, I'm not a morning guy either. I, I'm not a morning guy, but. You know, I wouldn't go out of my way to make someone feel like shit. My biggest thing is I'm, I just don't say nothing. I'm not chatty. And I've been in, t- in situations where I get with the driver who's taking me to the radio station. I get with the limo driver who's picking me up from the airport or taking me back. Motherfuckers be chatty as a motherfucker. I don't ever go, hey, uh, dog, I'm not in the mood to talk. I don't say nothing crazy. I just give you short one-word answers and hope you catch on. But as I said to you when we had this conversation, then you leave them to decide if you're an asshole. At least Patrice let him know. At least he, you know, he just said it. And you know what? I get that because I'm going to give you the best example in the world. I'm sure that most people hate fake niceness, and that's part of, like, Patrice, right there, where oh, this is a great day. We're, you know, it's six. But it might not have been. But maybe fake. it wasn't. And then I'm going to give you the example. Um, oh, fuck. The the manager in, in Cleveland, Cleveland, Frank <laughs> Aries. Do you need anything? Are you all right? I'm going to ask you this every six minutes. Do you need anything? But I don't think it's fake either. I think that he, that's the, the school that he comes from. He wants to make sure that the comedian is in. And I know I gave shape. him shit, but that's sweet. It's nice. It is it's nice. It's better than the other way. Right. So, uh, but but you know what? You get up, you do have to do this radio, and, and she does this. This is her job. This isn't, I'm not defending him. He, he was wrong. But what I'm saying is, I'm understanding it. 
This is her job is to get up in the morning, drive people to the radio, make sure that they have everything. And she's in her in her world. This isn't his world. He isn't up at six o'clock in the morning. He's a comic. He's up late at night. His job is to make people laugh. That is part of the job is to go make sure that you can get those tickets sold so that they have you back. But that isn't his. That isn't his focus. That's not his job. And you have someone coming in who's that's bringing a, a, a can of sunshine. Blah blah blah. Well, you want to go to sleep. Yeah, he. Lo- you know, you lose patience. I'm not saying that he's right. Okay, so then what happens when it's not that, but it's you in a network meeting? looking at the heads of the network going, you don't like me, you don't like me, or it's you being on set, and when the writer comes to tell you to say some goofy shit or some shit you know is whack, you go, man, this is horse shit. Well, and you tell the writer his writing is horse shit. I, I think that that is, uh, Colin Quinn gave the best answer to that. It's, it's, like, it's almost like he felt that there was a movie being made about every moment of his life and that the people were, other people were going to watch that movie and go, I can't believe he didn't tell her this shit, or I can't believe he didn't talk, say this, or I can't believe right. he went with that. But in his head, he saw everything, I, I think, from out of his space. When we go through it and we're in a place and they go, hey, I don't think you should do this and you should do that, you, you decide if that's a war that's worth fighting, a battle worth fighting, or you just go, you know what? Out of all the things I have to do today, I'm not going to fight that one. That one I'm going to let that one go. I'm going to let this go. I don't think he ever saw it that way. I thought he saw everything as the war, and he had a, he just was going to let you know, every one of them. Right. Uh, but to his detriment. Yeah. But maybe he isn't that comic without that. That's crazy. You know? Right. Yeah. Do you think he would have... I mean, obviously, I, I just I just don't see where you could truly have a career in a business where you have to deal with people and you stay that way. I mean, you, you, you got it. And even again, they said he was as you know, time went on before the stroke, he was starting to figure it out. He was starting to slowly turn. He realized certain things. So obviously he was headed in a, in a different direction. That being said, being that immensely talented, do you think he would have eventually really hit big or 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 just stayed where he was? I, I think there's no way he wouldn't hit big because he was when I the one time I did see him, uh I I got to see him one time and I was afraid of him. I was afraid of him because he's that good. Uh and I never saw anybody um like even even as much as I like uh Chappelle, it's a different kind of comedy. Patrice was the first one that I saw went, oh that's that could be as good as prior. Mm. That 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 has prior s feel to me. Right. So I was afraid of him. So I didn't even try to accidentally bump into him at the club because he was playing right. at uh, stand up live my home my home room. So I was there mm-hmm. to watch the show. Uh, but when you get that good, I mean, how can you not? I mean, I I don't I don't know I don't know like um. I think they have to do something for you. But then again, there's like Brian Regan, who is, you know, it might not be everybody's style of comedy, but he mm. sells out. He's on tour. He play, And I, he, don't, he doesn't have a TV show or a movie. or. Right, but he also has never pissed anybody off. But then I would wonder, why doesn't he? But maybe that's not, maybe they just haven't figured out how to either use him or he doesn't want that. If Patrice wanted it, I think he would have had it. Oh, but no, whoa, 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 whoa. We know he wanted it. Well, he wanted it. He did want it, but he also, the other thing is, he wanted it, 
But he also would say, I'm not an, that, that in there. That's one of the things that I did. Like, I'm not an entertainer, man. I don't see myself as an entertainer. You know, he wasn't there to entertain. He was, so what are you there for then? He's complicated. And yeah, it, if he was football, he'd be Barry Sanders. It's just one of those where you go, what the fuck? You have the, the ability to be better than everybody. And you stepping away from the game, you're pulling a Jim Brown, you're pulling a Barry Sanders, you're pulling a Chris Tucker, where you just remove yourself at the, at the, at the height of your, or the peak of your powers. See, with Cat Williams, we all know has a drug problem. But if, unless you have a drug problem, if you ain't doing drugs and there's nothing wrong with you, and you're at the peak of your powers... What are you doing? Uh, I, I go to this. I go to this on Patrice, and I could be completely wrong, and I, I probably am because there's plenty of guys at that roundtable who knew Patrice and, uh, and did not say what I'm about to say. Obviously, Patrice was funny, and he was a comedian. He knew that. But I don't think Patrice was on stage to be just a comedian. I think he saw himself as an artist, and I'm going to say I'm going to take it all the way to this level. I think he saw himself as a, as a painter, and on stage, he was – uh, vocally painting. He was right. painting pictures, and he wasn't there. And when I, when I say that he's not an entertainer, I don't think he was there to give you the painting. He was going to paint it for you, and you had to find what he was putting in that painting for you. He left that... So when he says, killing's easy, yeah, he could tell you what the joke is. Right. He could give it to you. He could make it easy on you. Mm -hmm. But Patrice's character, as I understand it, as I see it, was never to make it easy on you. And if he wasn't going to make it easy on his friends, why would he make it easy on the audience? And why would he make it easy on the execs? And his job, I feel, in him was to paint it vocally, and you had to see the painting, and then you had to see his perspective, and then you had to find the answers into it. Because that's what I think he did. Because like I said, when Bonnie McFarlane said that, I said, she missed part of the painting. She missed the painting. She, she got a part of it. Mm -hmm. But there was so much more. There was so much texture in that painting. There was so much more to be seen in that painting. Right. And I felt she gave the easy answer. That wasn't the answer. That wasn't his answer. I think he had a lot more in the painting. That's what I think about Patrice. I see him as a full-fledged artist. And if you go into art to artists who put actually uh, paint on canvas... They're difficult motherfuckers because they see what they want to have. They're, right. they're giving you what they want, and they want you to see it from their perspective. And they want you to understand it just from the square that they put together. I think he was doing that, but with his voice. And he was doing that on stage. And he was showing people who, who they are and what we are and our human condition and life. And he wasn't about to give you the easy answer. He wanted you to figure it out because if you didn't figure it out – uh, then you didn't understand it. And if, therefore, if you didn't understand it, you don't deserve it. And if you don't deserve it, I don't even have to like you. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, and listen, you are who you are. Um, but I definitely think at times he made his own bed. He did make his own bed. And 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 it's just like, you know, and listen, I, I, I get it. Uh, mood. Everybody has a mood. Everybody can be impatient. But... I think at times he could have dialed it down. He could have. I think he could have. But in, in, in the end, yes, he wanted it. 
But I don't know that he would. I, 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 given everything that he knows, that it, given today, if we could bring him back, I don't know that that person that he might say that he would want to change it. I don't think that there was an ability for him to change it. I think it might not have been. I think that's who Patrice was. I think he really saw himself as as something more than a joke teller, a comedian. Mm-hmm. I really think that there was more to him than that. And I, I'm not uh, I'm not judging him based on the fact that he and and you're not either. But I, I, a lot of people, why didn't he make it? I don't think that that I think he made it. I think he was a very successful comic in, in to the people that understood him, and not him, but understood his comedy and under and and thought that he was funny, and he gave that to a few people in the room every night, and that's what he did. Well, again, I remember he was on that one interview show. I forget the guy's name, but he goes, "What's making it? What is it?" It's- but he also said uh, he would also say repeatedly, "I should be bigger than what I am." So whatever he thought making it was, he wasn't that. No. Nope. If he's going, I should be bigger than what I am. Well, it, be, it was also when uh, people would go, you're the greatest. And he'd say, and he'd reach in his pocket and he's like, oh. His, his money don't reflect the compliment. But maybe that was another hint into who he was because he would rather be the guy with no money. He just doesn't need that. I'm the greatest because if he was the greatest, it would reflect in a different way. No, he wants to be the nigga with money too. But maybe the, he, the, the two go hand in hand. Okay, let me ask you this then. If you could stay exactly where you were right now, but be recognized throughout the world as the greatest comic ever, but never hit that financial number. I don't have to have that title, greatest comic ever, because that's so silly in the sense that, that it's, a, it's a subjective title. You would have that Ali fame where people looked at you and went, that dude does it. He's- I feel like I get that now. Not, not, on, a, not on a Kevin Hart obvious level but in terms of respect again and and i always say i cringe when people say this i would never bestow this upon myself but do you know how many people go yo you're a legend yo you wanted a goat now if you want to attribute that to i've been doing this 30 years and like ll cool j ll has been relevant since the kango nigga back in the 80s that motherfucker decades whether or not I don't, I never thought LL was one of the greatest rappers ever. When you look at the greatest lyricists, Nas, Jadakiss, Eminem, Jay uh, Z, Biggie, uh, uh, Rakim, KRS, Big L, there are almost ten names that come before LL. But LL is his own majesty, and the fact that that nigga has spawned decades. He's the music's version of Denzel. LL, I mean, Denzel, Al Pacino, De Niro, you know, Nicholson. That's hard to do. Nigga, I've been doing this 30 years. And and motherfuckers go, dog, Def Jam, teenager, Showtime at Apollo 17, eight years mad TV. And I'm still here. Not, no, I don't have the movie career or the TV career. Um, and we've gone over this, so I don't want to go down that road as to why or why that may not be. But I'm still here. I'm still a name that people go is up there. So, again, am I a legend? I would never say that. <clears throat> am I a goat? I would never say that. That's for you to say. But when you make the Ali thing, and let me make sure I put this in perspective and tone it way down. 
because Ali was that man, humanita- humanitarian, and so many other things that made him godlike. I don't even come close to that. But I know what, in terms of what you said, I feel that at times from people. But I also can pull out my pockets to a certain perspective and go, them compliments don't reflect my pockets. Okay. But that's what I was saying. So you could you could stay right where you are right now, right now, but you would be the biggest. Not not. I mean, when I said Ali style, Ali could walk out of a building and he would have a line of people following him down the street. Right. There's that's a different kind of fame. Right. In anywhere in the in anywhere in the, in the world. world. Yeah. That's a different fame. You can have that fame, but the money and you stay in the same house you have now. You drive the same car you have now. No. Or you could be a regular. You could be. A good comic, get a bunch of TV shows. And the make older I get, the more I want the money and care less about the fame. Wow. The older I get. <clears throat> because, because, you know, um, yeah, man, I, 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 money is freedom, and I just want to be able to make the choices I want to make. And I can go, I don't, I'm not doing Cleveland improv. I, want, I would love to be able to say I don't want to do that. I don't want to fly commercial, but I don't want to go down this road because we've talked money and my dreams and all of that a Before, million times. Yeah. But, but I, now to Patrice, I don't know that. I think that I don't know that he would take the money and and and, and lower what he felt his value of his art was. I think to him, no. Was, listen, anytime you can do it on your terms. A hundred percent. And I think that was big with him. He always wanted to do things on his terms. And this is a business where until you reach a certain level, you're not the boss. The motherfucker that signs your checks is the boss. So if they come in with their horse shit or their, their lack of creativity, which most of them have, and their lack of know-how when it comes to the art of being funny and creative, and you have to listen to that, knowing it's destroying what you know how to do. That's tough, man. Well, and I think that that was his point, though, because when he's in that room and the execs are trying to tell him of how he needs to do it or what they need to do, he realizes that all he really has is his name and his ability. And when you put your name and your ability up on all something that they control. This world is your word and your balls. And I don't break up for nobody. Go ahead. Yeah, but no, but no one cares who the exec was. They don't know the. They, how many people look at the producer's name on it, the director's name? They right. just see, but they'll see the name of the person that was on it, and they, they'll blame him if it if, if it sucks. If it, yeah, because that guy, the the producer and the director, they've had successes. They had successes based on the fame, uh, the fame and the potential and the artistry right. of the person whose name came before theirs. Right. But they get credit when it wins. They don't take the heat when it loses. The the artist does. Like, I wish Norton would have... He kind of alluded to it, but didn't go into detail. I wish he would have told the funny, the, fur, the funny, furry, vengeance story of that movie that he did with Patrice, with Brooke Shields and uh, Brandon Frazier. And how he completely set himself up to have a bad name because of how, you know... He thought the movie was corny, the shit that they wanted, that little dance thing that he had to do that he wasn't into. When you see the clip, the other guys, including Norton, they're, they're, they're into it. They're doing what they're paid to do. Be goofy. And Patrice thought it was corny. And when it cut to his face, he looked like he didn't want to be there. 
And that's the easiest and the quickest way to burn yourself in Hollywood. Well, and the is pro- to be hired for a job and act like you don't want to be there. Well, and that's the problem with that though too, is because his name wasn't going to be the, on the front of that. He was he. It wasn't going to ruin his career. Right. What either way, it was only going to ruin his career if he if he if he did what he if did. If he was a star, if, if he was a star, did, but right. he did, wasn't the star. So he should he was paid to do what he right. And and there he could have just done what he was supposed to right. do. Yes, he's a very difficult person, and his artistry came first, and it was above all. I mean, I mean, you got to admire that, even if it puts him in the place that it is. And you know that, it, you know that if you want a career and you want to you want to be successful and you want money, that isn't the right way to go about it. But I don't think he had an ability to do it any other way. He, when he said, "I think I'm going to have something," when Elephant in the Room came out, and he said, "We're looking at six months to a year, and I should have," I think that was based. On the fact that that killed, and it was going to be him doing what he wanted to, he believed that from that 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 elephant in the room was strong enough. I don't think that he was going to he was going to change. I think he might have been open and had better discussions, but he wasn't going to change. All right, um, can we switch gears? Yeah, yeah, because we got uh, eighteen minutes left, or seventeen minutes left, and I'd like to kind of get into something else. I'm enjoying so- my Coca Cola, just in case Coke ever sees this, even though that we're not. Coke types of people. Not at all, because when you go, ah, the niggas and the juice. We, we, they love Coke, but it's a different kind of Coke. When the Jews and the white man drink Coke, it's a beverage. When niggas consume Coke, it's a sniff. Do you understand the difference? Brett Butler, yeah? Their stock is, keeps hitting 50 and dropping back down. So. Um, so overall, scale of 1 to 10, what do you give to Patrice Doc? Man, I have to still give it an eight because I, I, I like there was things in it that I did like. Um, I, I, Let's just go with the number because I we don't, we'll eat up time. Eight, eight. Uh, I give it a a five. Oh, I had a six for you. I thought that's, oh, what, you, you? I thought that's what you were going to say. Oh no, no, five. Right. You even lowered it one more than yeah, I thought. Oh, no, I gave it a five, dog. <laughs> um, okay, um, I, I I hit Andy up and said, yo. Not knowing he fucking seen all three seasons already. Ozark is fire. Um, I watched the first season and you was like, yo, I already what what was that? What was it? Season one is fire. Okay. Yeah, Andy hit me back and said, I saw all three seasons. He said, You said season one was fire. You said season two was ridiculous. And then you said season three, the end of it was good. Yeah, season two, like And it, I heard they're not gonna bring it back. Uh, they were supposed to bring it back for four. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I but maybe they didn't because uh, this. Well, you know what? This, I, I, someone said that on the internet, so fuck that. Don't trust that. They, they might not because this is uh, COVID's killed a bunch of things that got a green light lit, and then things have changed. Uh, season one, amazing. Season two, it was like a like you had to take such leaps of faith to really, to, to, yeah, to go. Okay, that could happen. Right. Okay, that could happen. You were like, I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way that's happening. And it was such a it was it was tough for me to watch season two. Really? And then season three came out, and my girl my girl really likes Ozark, so she goes, oh, "It's it's much better." Right. And uh, so I started watching, it, and it was all right. And I was still, but then there would be these moments, and then at the end, I was like, "Okay, they have this. This could get good again. This right. could get good again." But if they don't bring it back, that's it. But uh, the, the the amazing parts of it, and I know that you you already liked this, Justin Bateman, man. Oh, boom! One of my notes. This motherfucker is. Yo, J- Jason Bate, what, what's that term when you could do 
both left and right hand. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Yeah. Ambidextrous. I, and we said this on a podcast. Him, Brian Cranston, but this motherfucker does drama and comedy. I could watch that. Jason Bateman is one of them dudes, seriously, that if his name is attached, I'm watching it. Because the man delivers. He has a way of listening to you in a scene and making you feel like nothing with that response. He has a dry, sarcastic... He does sarcasm well. So, dude, and he can... His, his As an actor... Right. Comedy is, they say, everybody says that it's hardest to do comedy when you're right. an actor. And when he's sitting in that, yeah, did you see Horrible Bosses? Of course. Dude, who, Charlie. Uh, I don't know his last name, but I know who you're talking Char- about. And then, and then the other, I don't Jason Sudeikis. Sudok- yeah. Two fucking funny, funny yeah. guys. And he, he not only holds his own, stands out. In- yeah, man. Jason Bateman is a bad boy. Um, that first episode, though, him watching his wife get fucked by another dude on a computer constantly. Um, that part where he goes to confront her when the when the the private eye tells him where she is, he goes, How? "It's Thursday. That means your wife is fucking this dude. It's a Thursday." And when he's making his way to the apartment, and that nigga's body hit the ground. I was on the plane and went, oh, that shit. The Mexican cartel, when they shot everybody, when dude, when the the bitch went to go use the bathroom and dude knew that he was being fucked and he shot the holes in the bathroom door, seeing her body get put in a barrel. That first episode was a motherfucker. Um, Yeah. And you have to keep... That same energy for who she is and who Justin Bateman, his character, I forgot his character, in season two. Because in season two, that's that. If you keep that energy for what happened in the initial opening episode, and then you go to the second uh, to the second season, nah, man. There's I have a lot of issues. I will say this, and I thought you were going somewhere different when you used the word energy. I thought what you were going to say is you have to keep that same energy from episode one throughout the whole series, which is what Snowfall does. Yes. Which is what the Sopranos do, which to me is what Power did, Breaking Bad. I watched the first two episodes of Ozark, and I was like, yo, this shit is dope. But somewhere in the middle, there were moments where I went, and that noise, (laughs) it's not that I'm saying it was bad, but the energy slowed up. The intensity slowed up. And, and and I understand, you know, it. that's why it's such a testament to how great Snowfall, The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, and, the, and, 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 and Power was to me because there's no slowdown. It's Mike Tyson in his prime knocking you out within five. Then you might, you might like season two because you might like the... Was there moments? Yeah. Yeah, there is because there's some things. Yeah, there is, but it, I mean, it has it has some it has some of the things that you like in it, but just such a leap of you just it's 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 so unbelievable to me that that could happen. Uh, when I said energy about, uh, yes, you do have to keep that same energy going. That's what makes the series will make the series good. But how you feel about her is important. The wife, yeah. 
Let me tell you something, man. I, I, and again, this is, I, 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 I do not condone violence against women. Man should never raise his hand to a woman. But ladies, the horse shit y'all be on, the fucking, the hypocrisy y'all be on is unfucking real. Like I mentioned on when, when I talked about Love Punch, Love Stupid Drunk Love, that movie, yeah. and I said how his wife had the balls to get mad at him while she fucked around on him. When they got to Ozark and she had to go into the the office to deal with the dude who had the dog licking peanut butter off the feet, which was Holy Jesus. I thought the dog was licking peanut butter off his dick, but on the feet. But anyway, before she leaves the car, and Jason Bateman says to her, the sound of Gary, who was the lawyer she was fucking, his body hitting the pavement is what makes me sleep at night. And this bitch punched him for that comment. You, like, you asshole. And she, like, not a slap, a punch. Bitch. You're hitting me because you want me to feel sorry or sympathy for the nigga you fuck? Not to bet. Are you, are, you, are you out of your fucking... That's that twisted woman shit. How dare you, bitch? Not to mention in that scene, and this is why I said you got to keep that same energy to her throughout everything, because... Uh, and this is a spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, because we're getting people that are actually going back and seeing series that we're talking about. So if you don't want to know what I'm about to say, because it's right. crucial to the very first episode... Uh, not only is that dude who hits the ground, he's also the dude who got him in trouble with the cartels that he had no idea that was going on, uh, or if he had some idea, thought it was kept away from him. That dude, and then he fucked that, that relationship up, and mm. his wife is fucking that guy, and that's what's ruining his life all in that one moment, and he says the sound of him hitting the pavement. Right. Yes, I was right there with him. I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. And, and, but you got to keep, that's what I'm saying. Because then there's moments where you have to let that go to let this series continue. And that's what pisses me off. Mm. Yeah. Um, and even even to the, but on the flip side, like there was a moment in The Sopranos when Carmela said to Tony, uh, when, Tony when, when she thought he was still fucking the Russian and, and then, uh, Tony goes, he made an excuse for her at, at some point. You know, that a poor girl. She's got problems, Carmella. And she goes, you want me to feel sorry for a bitch that fucks you? So it was just like, where do you get your balls, bitch? She should have been trying to lick peanut butter off Bateman's feet. Yep. And she didn't on this motherfucker. And because he made a, a, a comment that was warranted, he gets a punch in the mouth? Yeah. Again, I don't condone violence against women, but... Bitch, you're supposed to taste the backhand. Well, and that's what... Hit the bitch back. Yeah, and that's why what happens throughout that whole season, you're still mad at her. Right. And then she... Then then he becomes... Uh, you'll you'll see it. Get to that second season, and if you don't see what I see in, the, in, in Bateman's character, then I'm wrong. But, I wrote, uh, Ozark is a magical fantasy where white folks are motel maids and do gardening work. What place is this? Um, There's a lot of places where we actually went to a place I, I was I couldn't remember it, and you were staying at an Airbnb, and we dropped you off first. But I remember we saw a white dude with a mo with a with a garden oh, yeah, 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 yeah. thing, and I was like, "What kind of shit is this?" Incidentally, the dude that plays the the the, the guy that worked at the motel that was fucking with Bateman's daughter, 
That's an ugly motherfucker. That nigga looked like the dragon from Neverending Story. That's an odd-looking motherfucker, dude. Um, but I want to go back for a second. Yo, that Mexican cartel, them niggas don't play. There's rules in the mafia. No women and kids. Them niggas go after your women and kids. Well, skin you alive. Yeah, it's a family. It's it's a family business there. Yeah, that's. But woo. Um, and shout out to fuck. What's his name that plays the head of the the, the cartel? He was on NYPD Blue that replaced Lieutenant Fancy. I don't remember. Oh that. goodness! You can't ask me for names, right? But fuck, he's good. Yeah, that dude's good. No. I hadn't seen him in anything since. NYPD Blue. Well, the acting in it's good. And by the way, what I said, and I, I'm sorry I don't remember her name again, but his wife. The cast of the first season of Ozark. But his wife, she's an incredible actress. Be- she is. Because I'm not, I, I hate her. Like, right. if I saw her on the street, I would hate her because she does such a good job. Yes. Um, where is it? Eastside Morales. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what, what, what's her name, though? The, the... Uh, I think it was Jennifer Fuck. The cast of the first season of Ozark. This is why. See, if we had a producer, yeah, he was. He would. This shit wouldn't be. Laura good. Linney. She is. She is great. She really is great. Right. She's played a lot of wives, but this this role, this character, really gave her some room to fucking stretch that that talent out. And then the scene where, again, to, to the woman hypocrisy, the scene where, leading up leading up to this, Jason Bateman and his wife are on the outs. And they're both saying, look, we're only doing this because we're trying to get out of the situation and keep the family together. But you and I are done. Then they have a moment where they eventually fall back into habit and they hug each other. It was some tense shit going on. It leads to kissing. Then they lead to fucking. And he purposely fucks her the way he saw her being fucked in the video. And he slaps her ass. He does the exact same thing that Gary did. And then she, they show you where she felt like, what the fuck, something that was strange. Then she looks into his computer and finds out that he's seen that video. And she's mad at him for him fucking her the way he claims he thought she'd like to be fucked. Because clearly you fucked this dude. You like that. So I just thought I would do what you obviously like. And she was mad at that. How do you satisfy these hoes, man? How do you satisfy these hoes? You find one that compliments you completely, that loves you for you, who you are, and then you hold on to that fucking chick. You know, it, it, he, he, he's, he's, yes, he, he said, uh, that was a shout out to Tara. And I, I said, I said, women cheat for one of two ways one, revenge, or two, they're not happy. And for people out there that think that's horseshit, she even said why she cheated. Yeah. I wasn't happy. And he said, so I'm busting my ass, making you a home, making sure you need for nothing, making sure you're happy, but yet you're not happy. So your answer is to fuck a nigga? Women, y'all are hilarious. I, I, I did. Him being a Superman with a, with a cape on his back and an S on his chest, making sure you straight wasn't enough? And then when you're unhappy, your answer is to suck another nigga's dick? Wow, dude! I just had this idea that if it was Superman and Lois Lane, mm-hmm. and there would be eventually a time when Lois Lane cheated on Superman, and, and she said, "You know, you're never here enough." He goes, "I'm out saving people," and Lois would say, "I need to be saved. You mm. need to save me." And you know who she would fuck? You know who she would cheat on him with? Who? 
the thing. <laughs> and do you know why? The thing? Yeah. Because of the thing. No. He's rock hard. <laughs> he stays rock hard. Do you, have you ever, do you, Jack Kirby is the one who originally, I think, drew the king, the, the mm-hmm. thing. I wonder why they just didn't have like a, a bulge. <laughs> because they, they, they were under, right. they, I think there was some uh, things that they had to pass back right. then. But he, the thing would have, the thing should have like, if they, if they did like the, the adult version, right. wouldn't he have, wouldn't his shorts be longer and there'd be like just a, be a big rock dick, man. <laughs> A bumpy rock dick. How does your dick automatically be ribbed? <laughs> a bumpy ribbed rock dick. Balls. Like that. fuck the balls, nigga. But he'd have to have. He might have rock balls, but but nigga, he's got a he's got a rock hard ribbed dick. He's got the perfect cock, nigga. Fuck a condom ribbed for her satisfaction. That nigga comes with it all. Okay, can Superman fuck Lois Lane and get off? Because he can't, he can't fuck her. He has to fuck another superhero. He can't fuck human pussy. Well, he can't come in her because if he come in her, Shoot her, she shoots across the room. Right? Yeah. He can't fuck her then. No. You're right. No. We got to make our own comic book. Yeah, man. Just a a these dirty all... yeah. hero comic book. Um, Dude, remember how we talked about on Snowfall? Uh... Black people going, the gay agenda, the gay agenda. And we go, no, that was intricate to the story of dude raping dude. Remember how we said that? This one felt like a gay agenda. The the FBI agent and the redneck that he eventually is having a a, a homosexual relationship with. You know, when, when when the first time he kissed him in the truck and he hit him, faggot. And he called him a faggot. He punched him. Cut to this nigga knocks on the agent's door and goes, I just won't let you know I ain't gay. And then mouth tongues this nigga to death. What is the point of that? Well, that felt like a gay agenda. Well, why? Why? Even, even if the FBI agent is gay, we know gay people work in all facets of life. The redneck, really? He's gay? Really? Secretly? Man, I, I, it's a storyline that they wanted to put in there. I mean, it, it does add to the storyline where that, now it's even a more odd situation than it was before. Okay, but but when you say it's an even more odd, that feels like they put it in there just to give it some more dynamic well, versus does it move the story along? Well, is there a point? Okay, but and this this would be the the only point that I could see. Everybody in this story is somebody that they're not. Okay. You know what I mean? Everybody but, but 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 we know there are people in life that are that. Right. The whole fucking town. That's where when you go certain things you go is it believable? The whole town. Right. Now I'm going to suspension the, the the whole town, nigga. Wait, wait till second the second episode, the second season. But what I'm just saying is everybody has this thing that they the the secret and so that would be the secret. Everybody right. has something that they have that they he, that they're covering up, and 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 that care that that uh, the FBI agent actually develops a, in in that his storyline in the second season is the one of the better ones actually. Really, I, I well, it was more believable 
Let me go back to something that you said that at first I wasn't with it because I love the show so much I couldn't see where you were coming from. But then when I think back on it, and then when I watch shows like Breaking Bad, Sopranos, now especially Snowfall, which to me seems so believable and realistic where I didn't go. Like I said, there might have been one moment or two where I went, eh, some Hollywood shit. But it was so believable. I remember when you was like, part of your problem with power was you felt it was soap opera-ish. Yeah. And I went, nah, man, because I was defending my show. But then I look back and look compared to those other shows and go, I can see it. Well, I, I can see it. And I'm saying that to say this. I already see in Ozark what you mean. Yeah. Because that scene where the dude who is sells the real estate, his mother gets hit by the garbage truck. As this bitch is backing up going, la, 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 with her fingers in her, in her ears. One is she don't hear the truck because she's got the fingers in the ear going, la, la, la. Do you know how loud a garbage truck is? Yeah. Bitch, you would hear that. Secondly, your son is watching this truck come barreling down the street. And at no point did he have a chance to go, Mom, look out. It's just her backing up. Classic movie. Boom. She's hit. No warning. Even the truck didn't try to stop. When you hear truck brakes, there's a specific sound. That truck didn't even try to stop. Well, that's the thing that, you know, and to people, to, so that people understand this about me, too. It's not just that uh, these leaps of faith or these things that you just said to describe right. happen. It's that they, ha- they have to set all this up. Right. So you may see the setup, an episode out, and you're going, that's bullshit. And they're setting that up for something else. And so when the thing comes up, mm-hmm. not only do you have to take the leap of faith, but then you understood why that other thing was there. And then you put them together and you go, what a bunch of bullshit. Right. It's not just like that one moment. Right. It, 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 it could have to do with a three or four episodes ago. And you're like, ah, oh, that's why they did that stupid shit. And right. then you're like, and power, I'm sorry, had a lot of that. That's the, that's it had some of it. It did. But it was still so entertaining. It is, but you again, uh, and I and I and I try to make a joke out of this, and I really can't do it. But it's it's that it's that kind of some of that black shit where you got to go. Well, well, stop, 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 stop. That was a golden moment. When you say black shit, you mean like black shit? What, like black people shit? Yeah. Do you see what he just did? Do you, Do you see how I love that? That rolled off your tongue so easily like something emotional hit you just now and you didn't even think about it no wait, wait just don't say that i name. knew i know no no i know i know i got you gotta let me finish this okay point. and you just went you were in a rhythm and it came out rhythmically you went man that's that black shit yeah i love it because nigga i don't i'm not trying to get you to do it but the black shit you had the same rhythm with that is if you said nigga, it would have came out just as flawlessly. Man, that's that nigga shit. You said, that's that black shit. I love that. I love that. You had a moment, nigga. That was beautiful. Okay, now going back to what I was saying, there's this, there's this uh, energy where if it's something that's black, you, the culture, the community stands around it. Even when you know, when you see something that you're like, okay, yeah, but we got you. That's mm-hmm. why I'm like certain rappers, everybody knows this rapper is bullshit. Right. But some white folks around, you got to be like, no, nah, no, nah, he's, he's, he's the truth right there. Right, right. Because it, it's, you know, 
I, I don't understand how you, you guys have to do that, that's that's well, the, that's well, the freedom of being white though there's well, wait a minute, wait a minute. you talking about it in regards to power power yeah there's a lot you know but some of that is culturally some shit the way the show flows is how we flow yeah so because you're not as rhythmic rhythmically inclined as us you don't your dance steps is off no but some of that just doesn't and happen you know, and there was a white that, and there was a that's wh- that black shit and there was a white dude in there fucking up some of that rhythm yes okay so that being said I get it because there's not a lot of, of movies that are uh, predominantly black based so yeah you right. you know that's that's it but you know like and then that's what makes me mad you I was watching Power and Snowfall which is mainly black based as far as the actors mm-hmm. the, what the, all the direct the people who work on the movie right that's a fucking show. Right. So sometimes I, I think we get caught up in, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that show, so we're all going to support it. And that's how I feel like when the people came at me about power, when we were talking about it, that I didn't get it. Or I, didn't, I got it. I just didn't agree with it. Okay. Let me go back real quick to the thing, because there was that scene where you thought he was in the car getting blown by the prostitute, but he ended up, it was a date, it was like a dream. Uh, the prostitute recognizes who he is as a man, and she says to him, "You'd never missed a, a, a mortgage payment. You got Christmas gifts under the tree since two, 22. Makes it possible. Uh, makes it possible that his wife needs for nothing." And I wrote, "When women start becoming too complacent and comfortable, especially when you got a man who's given you everything." You become eligible to be cheated on. And I'm, it's almost the same, but not the same. Whatever horseshit logic, women go and go, I'm not happy, so I'm sucking another cock. Okay, well, talk to your man first. Um, but damn, when, when a nigga's giving you everything and you go do that, you're not happy or you, you, you don't recognize it, you, you become eligible to be cheated on. So, again, ladies... My uh, one of my favorite quotes in Sopranos: A woman's job when fucking with a powerful man is to make him feel powerful. But sometimes women get so comfortable with the fact that they got an easy life, or or that they got a man who provides and does all those things, that you get lazy and you forget this nigga's special. Yeah, but I think where some of this goes is we're much more simple than women that's true we 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 go out we work we we want not all men but the idea of the man the the idea of the man is that he goes out he works he earns he comes home he provides there's food on the table uh he you know he and he does the nice things for the woman that he Mm -hmm. feels that that he needs Mm -hmm. you know we need money we need a house we need this and a woman is attracted to a guy that can provide and do those things. Right. For the most part. I'm generalizing quite a bit here. But a woman is uh, attracted to that. You guys, are, women are attracted to guys that are successful, that seem like they're doing well. But then once the relationship begins, and you just said it, you become comfortable. That's expected. Okay, this happens and this happens. Right. We, we feel completed. We did the things that uh, we checked our boxes. We, we might have only 10 boxes. Women have hundreds of boxes that need to be checked mm. daily. Mm. 
And that's where we miss because we don't we and it would be great if a woman would just come up to us and go, listen, I, I've been with you now for a year and I see you got all these boxes checked right here. Very good. This is on your this is on the man to do list. Now, let me turn this page. This is the what women need list. Right. And uh, and and th- so we need all these. Hold on, I got to turn the page. Uh, <laughs> and we need all this. Okay, right. now wait a minute. Now, if we have some kids, which I need to have, not all women do. They might stop turning right there, but a lot of women want to have the kids. Let me show you. Then we're going to need all this right here. And then once they turn all them pages, they go, okay, now there's that book. Now look at this book. <laughs> right. It's we're different. We have a much we have a much shorter checklist. My last thing, and then this is my last note, and then we can wrap it up. Um, I want to go back to your criminal mastermind that you are. When he explains money laundering 101, and he explains laundering money, why does money need to look old and dirty and used? Why do they put it? And I never knew that laundering money... They literally put it in a laundry machine. No, laundry money is different than that. But laundry money, that that if it all comes, when you go get money from the bank, stacks mm-hmm. from the bank, and, and this He's doesn't have you had on this doesn't have anything to do with real money laundering. This has to do so that that what you saw. Was bullshit. I don't even remember what what what's the what's the setup for it because I'm not he, remembering. He's, he's teaching the the girl who, uh, you know, the, my daddy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it is. So you got to take that money to the bank, and when you get money from the bank, or when you get money that hasn't been through, uh, uh, it been in circulation, it all sticks. And together. I'm going to write this down. Okay. So when the money hasn't been in circulation, it it, it there's a it has a different feel, mm-hmm. um, and that feel also doesn't have wrinkles in it, and it sticks together. And the people at the bank, thanks to uh, the government and the way things work are trained that if people come in all the time with clean bills like that, that they, they need to report that kind of money coming in. Because clean bills? Because there's something. So what you do, what they're doing is they're putting it into a dryer with stuff in the dryer so it, it crinkles up the money and makes it look worn so that you believe wow. that money's out in circulation so that it came from a business. Otherwise, un- money that doesn't have... That doesn't look like it was in circulation. That doesn't look like it came from a business. So you walk in with ten grand of money that looks like that was your daily deposit because you did X amount of business, right. and it's wrinkled and screening it comes together and doesn't. That that's fine. The bank's gonna ten thousand. They're gonna report anyway unless it's a business that gets over ten thousand a day anyway. But right. um, but when you come in and it's it's you know if it's perfect, they're going to go, oh, that, that's coming from something else. We need to know where that money's coming from because that's just clean money. That isn't, right. they're not getting that because someone walked in and, and uh, with brand new money from the bank and, and threw $50,000 down on the table. Mm. So that's why they're doing that. that that's just really to get, uh, to, to change the look of the money right. for, for the initial bank. And are you saying it's all to... Lower suspicion? Yeah, that's all that okay. is. Now, laundering money, laundering money is a whole different thing. Right. Um, and you can watch any movie about gangsters from the 80s trying to take their money in the bank, and then you can mm-hmm. see the cahoots the bank had uh, with them and and businesses so that they can uh, they can get away with this. So there's you can, you can look that. You, you can learn that one on your own on laundering money. I'm not going to talk about that because... Uh, I just feel that somehow that puts me in a bad place. Yeah.
that, that kind of place. <laughs> and I've already been in a bad place before, so God. I, I don't want to be on. I don't want to be on that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not proud of my uh, of that illegal past that I had, right. but I don't change myself. Uh, and and because of all the things I've done, which is many many different things. I, I have a very enjoyable life. I looked at you the other night and I said, you know, I've, I've had a very interesting life and I've enjoyed um, the, I, I, not all the experiences were great, but I enjoy my life overall. And I yeah. like that I have all those, but I think I know when to stop and describing money laundering over our podcast isn't the one that I want to do unless we come up with a money laundering podcast. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I, I, I can't watch, wait to watch season two. And before we go, I told you, I'm, and as we're talking about this, they're showing on the TV for upcoming March 28th, baby. City. City on a hill. It's back. Um, you know, I'm waiting before I eat all the potato chips. Excuse me. There it goes. But you you've already sampled a couple chips. Uh, Snowfall, how is it? Um. No details, just tell me. No, no, I'm not going to give you any details. I was, uh, there is what you're looking for, but for some reason, I'm going to tell you honestly, and maybe it's just that I wanted more because I, I binge watched all three seasons, mm-hmm. and, I, I, and, and I'm, I'm running full sprint, and this is, you know, starting mm-hmm. off. It, it delivered it to me a little different. And, you know, I'm worried a little bit about, you know, does that have anything to do with singles not being there? What, what's Oh, shit. So, is this bad? Is no, it, no, no, no. It? Everything was good. Everything was there. But it just, it felt, there's a little difference, but it might just be, like I said, because I was still running. Right. And, it's, and there's a slowdown. Yeah, there's a little, well, no, there's some stuff, shit that goes off right away. Right. But. It, it was just delivered a little bit different, and but it's it's going to mature as this goes along because right. you know Franklin isn't the same Franklin. We went we left that mm-hmm. Franklin, uh, and we got a new Franklin, and mm-hmm. so that's it, that is being introduced, and so it's gonna it's gonna be a, a a few episodes I think before we get into the role of it. But they've also introduced some very uh, interesting uh, relationship changes, and I think that that was the the initial. That's mm-hmm. the initial, and they had to show the development of these different characters so that we could get to what where, where you're going to rip open that bag of chips and right. not stop eating. Okay. Okay. I don't God know. Damn, that was a long preview they showed a City on the Hill. This shit must be fire. You know, this is, another, this is another show that people keep telling me, The Shy. And I auditioned for this and got close to getting this. I, I, I got to the – there's usually two or three steps. The casting director – then you meet with the producer, director, and very few times you get the third step, which is a screen test, which they almost never do anymore. So I auditioned and made it to the second round, but uh, didn't get it. Have you seen The Shy? No, I haven't seen The Shy, but can I tell you something? And, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you. Listen, this traveling, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of cities that are just opening up. It's, 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 it's a little bit more difficult doing comedy mm-hmm. right now. Motherfucker, can you get something? Can you get something and pull my ass with you because... I'm fucking. Hey, brother. <laughs> I I. No disrespect. No, listen. I listen. I my one of my biggest fantasies is either I get something that I can cast you in, or if I can't get something to cast you in, but I get something that is this who I think it is? Is that Kevin James? Yeah, that's Kevin James. Dude, I can't buy it. No, I, you, I I do not buy it. But what if he does a great job in it? 
then you're going to go, this dude has skills. Have you seen this? I've seen the previews for it, yeah. I, I was going to... Uh, but the reason you can't buy it is look at who's the, 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 the heavy in this is, is actually the kid, the girl. What you mean, the heavy? She's the one that's, that's coming Karen's? out. Yeah, that's, that's coming after the guys. Okay, but even they even got Joel McHale in it. Yeah. But I've, I, I, I've seen Joel do dramatic work and... And, 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 and be not nice. Yes. Because he's not nice. Oh, is that some inside shit? No, no. I just, oh. I, I just think, I, I just think that to be that snarky, you have to be a little not nice. Well, then Kevin James might be good in this. I think he's because they say he's not nice. Um, I think he's going to be great. He looks from the previews I saw. This looks good. I don't know what's the name of this. I, what's the name? They're about to show it. I can't. I was going to rent this one night, but then I looked at the preview like I'm looking at it now, and I'm just going, I can't get past. King of Queens guy. No, I think he's, he doesn't look anything like it. When I first saw Eve, I had to look at it a couple times. Look at him. He looks right. But you put a long beard on a white man and a bald head, dude, and they, I, and they I, don't I, smile. Y'all all look like I don't nigga look, killers. No, I don't. I, I look I look so... I, what is nah, this called? This is called... Uh, the, it's coming up here. This is... I think it's going to... I can't wait to see this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they just did the names. Joel McHale, Kevin James, Becky. Becky. Yeah. See, I told that that whole thing right there. It's is, a series or a movie? Yeah, I think it's series. I think it's series. Really? Uh, uh, maybe it's a movie. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know. I just saw it. I can't wait to really see it. That's what I want to see. All right. Have you seen these guys? DeSouza and Mero? Yeah. Nah. I've been trying to get on their show. They ain't showing me no love. It's a good show. I'm sure it is, but when you don't show me no love. Dude, look at their guests, though, that they've had. They yeah, have. no, they get some big motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. But I was saying either that or I at least blow up enough to where we can pick and choose the spots and fly private jet. That, that sounds good to me. I'll take that one, too. All right. Well, there you go, kitties. <laughs> you got some extra meat on this bone. You got 19 extra minutes, inches of dick. Um, uh, I go, I, I'm gonna send. I'm sending out an SOS because I'm getting concerned. I, 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 I haven't gotten an email from Shamar, especially since I added the Stevie Wonder intro. I didn't get a thank you, an appreciation. Um, Shamar, I gotta check on you every now and then. Let me know you're all right. And I haven't heard from Farah. But we, we've gotten some emails where people are saying we need other people on the show, too. I'm not knocking Farah or Shamor. Right. I'm just saying they want they, – they want they, some people are getting mad that I think they feel their emails have slipped by. But you've no. got to send multiple emails. Keep sending emails. Yeah, not only that. I, believe me, I'm going to get to it. Uh, but, you know, i got to be loyal to who's been loyal to us. And the conversation needs to match up with what we're talking about. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, Farah, uh, let me know what's going on, baby. It's scary when a black woman – Stay silent for a certain amount of time because we know the thunder is coming. Okay, I'm reloaded. All right, um, coming up right now. Um, oh, where we're going to be? Oh, at the uh, Baltimore, right? Oh, no. Baltimore. We're in Baltimore now when they're listening to this. What's after we're, Baltimore? We're, we're going to be in Columbus, Ohio. Are we really? Yeah, I love Columbus. Holy shit. Yeah, that's my favorite of Columbus. The I don't have an actual date, but if you go to. Uh, uh, the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. You can pull it up there. Yeah. Or you can pull it up on Aries. It's on your website too, right? Yes. And uh, I usually try to put it up on mine, but uh, go check that out. And, and we'll do a promo for it so you guys will see it. But yeah. Columbus, we're really looking forward to coming out. Uh, it's, it's so weird that you could be not that far away from Cleveland, but be so far away from Cleveland. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, coming up. This is Dewan Cooper. Uh, it's called uh, Skywalker slash Cocky from Dewan Cooper. Uh, he didn't send me his socials like I told him to. Boy, you niggas is hard-headed. Um, so here it is. Enjoy. We out chill. I went over this shit like four, five times. Shit. I think this is one of them. Rock out. Keep that party on. Free my nigga Stitch. You know he be bugging, we thugging it publicly. These bitches, yeah, they love it. I just want the cut it. She think it's just a bono, but it really just a thuddy. I run in the suit, out they calling me birdie. Lean in my system, that why I be swerving. Oh, all our niggas, if I look and it's murky. Got more chicken than at the church serving. I shoot off the dribble from distance, I'm curry. I just hit a stain, ain't no need for no tie. I just wanna chant, put your pride to the side. Oh, you turn me on, tattoos on her thigh, tip. Wanna blow that gas with you daily, clean your mind. Watch it, it's a kill, spinning time, sipping wine. Freaking hoe, you fine, trying to get you from behind. Let you know it mine, put your panty to the side. Take my time, bid you over, then I eat your apple pie. Go off the jigger, pad me the wooden, I can't fuck with no switcher. Boogers in my diamond, baby, pad me the tissue. Stripes on the ass. I'm a jit, call a tigger. Rolling up the dozers and I take out like a whistle. Thought like the Navy, Antoine Fisher. Aim is a fisher, he in a tight pickle. I eat my fruit salad like I'm off in the wiggles. Baby, I'm just vibing. You know, gang sliding. I can't sleep at night, let that AK right beside me. Shoot with precision so we ain't met your typings. I be speed racing, call me Ricky Bobby. Hotter than Wasabi. Mask in my stick, wearing gracket but no hockey. Baby, let me know. Is you nice or you naughty? She not all in my beard, cause I eat that pussy sloppy. I be snatching soul, that's why I'm a little cocky. Ooh, that's why I'm a little cocky. Can you feel it, baby?